Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, May 9th. We are here live. We're opening the phone lines right now. It is a free-for-all kind of day. Nothing going on today, just uh, whatever happens to be on your mind. So pick up the phone and join us, 855 950 is the number to join us. Those lines are open now. We're going to get to those calls here in just a couple minutes. Line up your calls quickly, and we'll get to them right after this. I want to talk about the economy today. I think we're going to be talking about the economy for a long time. You should be focused on the economy. It's everything right now. And we're starting to see a lot of indicators that will probably tell us where this economy is going. It's looking pretty obvious now, though, that um, that we're going to suffer some sort of a setback. I think it'll be a full-blown recession. There are still people that think this is just a bump in the road and we might come out of it. There have been a couple times in the last couple of years we thought it was time and we were wrong. We could be wrong again this time, but I don't think so. Here's one of the other things I find that's different this time is that uh, normally when the economy is like this, we're talking about the economy itself. I mean, it's in the news and everybody's talking about it. We're setting all kinds of records, not in good ways, but there's not a lot of talk about the economy. I I just, I wonder what our mainstream media, if this is intentional, I think it is. I don't know why. Maybe because they don't like to talk about bad news with this administration, but our, our media honestly has become so irresponsible that if you want to know what the news is, you need to really go out and look for it. You need to read or listen to multiple sources, then try to verify as much as you can through other sources. You know, I remember a time when you just, you know, whatever channel you watched, you were probably getting a reasonable facsimile of the news. Now, that's just not the case. I mean, I've said one of the things you can do that'll make you a little crazy. Watch CNN for a couple hours, then flip to Fox for a couple hours, then flip back to CNN. It'll make you a little crazy. You'd think there must be two different countries we're talking about here. The news isn't even close anymore. So whatever channel you watch, whatever channel you believe, whatever source you believe, I would corroborate it as much as possible with other sources. Right now, the economy should be all over the news, and it's really not. A couple mentions of it here and there. The stock market is cratering, really, and we barely hear about it. Now, I know we started at such high levels with the stock market this year, but this has been the worst year the stock market has had in a long time. We know about inflation. That is the one thing that we hear about. Not as much as we should, though. Not in my opinion. I think we should be hearing about this, talking a lot more about it. Here's the real key to watch. 
And this will determine a lot of things. That's the interest rate. So for the last decade, we've had pretty low interest rates, really low interest rates at some point. Um, For the most part, there was a time our, our interest rate was kind of really stuck around zero. That's the Fed rate. Then the banks tack on a little because they have to make money when they loan money. But mortgages just recently were still under 3%. Now they're approaching 6 That happened fast. The Fed controls the Fed interest rate. That's the money banks borrow, and that's the price the bank has to pay to borrow the money. Then the bank tacks on a little bit and loans it to you and I, consumers or businesses, and they make a little money. So the Fed rate is kind of the base rate. That's what determines what the banks are going to have to borrow money at, what rate. So when the Fed rate goes up, all the other rates go up with it. Mortgage rates are already up. Now, what will happen at some point is these high interest rates will start to bring down inflation. That's the point of it. That is why the Fed is doing this. But I think they were a little late to the party. They probably should have been doing this last year. One of the things we've talked about a little bit and we're kind of watching for is what happened in the early 80s. Now, I wish I remembered that time better and I wish I would have understood the economy better in politics. I did go through that time. I was just getting out of high school and it was one of the worst job markets you could imagine. I, I really, I remember people filling out 20, 30, 40 applications. And back then, you didn't do it online. You had to drive around and go places in person and fill out applications and do job interviews. And you could do an awful lot of that and not get a job. Not doing anything. I mean, at at that point, just coming out of high school, people would do or were willing to do just about anything. A lot of my friends at the time, I was in Northeast Ohio, and that part of the country got hit hard in the 80s. Steel mills and Um, auto plants and a lot of other things in that area got hit pretty hard. The one part of the country that was doing well, and this should sound familiar, uh, the oil and gas industry. Oil and gas prices were way up because inflation was up. So a lot of my friends at the time got out of high school, moved to Texas and Oklahoma. There was a lot of work down there. Prices were through the roof. Mortgage rates hit well, if I remember right, they were right around the 15% mark. That's just insane. Thinking about buying a house with interest rates anywhere near 10%, much less over that, 15% mortgages. Well, what that will do is bring the housing market back down. See, all these inflated markets, uh, trucks, you have to, most people have to borrow money to buy a truck or trailer. Most people have to borrow money to buy a house or a car. Well, those, all of those prices are so inflated. But now if you inflate the cost of borrowing the money to buy those things, they become unaffordable for many people. That is what eventually will bring those prices down. We're already starting to see it a little bit. 
I'm seeing some posts about trucks at auction starting to sell cheaper than they were. That may be the first crack in the armor here. Um, real estate, kind of keeping an eye on, on real estate, mostly just in my area right now. I don't watch national prices a lot, although with all the reading I do, it's hard not to see that the real estate market is still pretty hot. I was thinking that maybe it would start to cool down and it will. Um, what you may still have out there right now, you may still have some cash buyers. And if you've got cash buyers, then the mortgage rate doesn't matter. And they come in and try to pick up some of these bargains as the market starts to retreat. Uh, it's not happening everywhere, though, that's for sure. Um, I thought we'd start keeping an eye on it because in the last several years, I've been moving my money out of the market and into real estate in this area. And that doesn't mean that that's the best thing to do right now. It just means where I am in, in you know, my investment time and where I am physically in the country, that real estate around here seems to me like a good investment. We've been buying some real estate. But again, I, it, what we bought just two years ago, two years ago, I thought it was overpriced. I really did. I remember coming on the air and explaining why I was buying it, even though I thought it was overpriced. And the reason was I'm in an area that really does have a limited inventory. And that's fairly unusual. Most places in the country, there's, if there isn't a house on the market you're looking for right now, there will be. I'm in an area where there's just not a lot of anything. So buying it when I thought it was overpriced, and it turns out it wasn't. Everything we bought two years ago is worth more now. I don't know how long that's going to last. When, when mortgage rates, oh, I would say when they get to seven, people really, really stop buying or they buy a lot less property, smaller properties, cheaper properties. The thing that you want to be looking at right now, you want to be in cash. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit, but I'm going to take a call. And if you want to jump in, phone lines are open. If you dial right now, I promise you'll get through. Let's go to Missouri. John, welcome to the program. Appreciate it. What's hey, on your mind today? It. Hey, uh, okay. I'm in your book. I got everything done up to the, where I got, I'm, I'm, everything's paid off, except for my vehicle. I got three to six months worth of expenses put back for all my stuff. I've been listening to you and you're talking about this downfall. Is this a good time or should I just keep stuff money back and wait till see what the economy does to become an owner operator again? Well, let's talk about the again part. Tell me the last time you were an owner operator. Okay. Well, all right. I, I went to Schneider I was leased onto them. I leased a truck to them and I had health issues, heart murmur and all that came off the road and I had to come back as a company driver. And it seems like for whatever reason, when I'm a company driver, I don't have no health issues. But when I try to do and better myself and become an owner operator or lease another truck or whatever, it falls apart within about three to six months. I don't understand it. Well, I want you to think about that for a little bit because you need to understand that. I mean, I could tell you what the answer is. 
but I'd rather you come to the conclusion on your own. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 sometimes I think it's better to stay as a company driver than it is to be, become a lease because I don't never have no problems. I don't know unless I don't know. Well, and why do you, do you listen to the show quite a bit? I would imagine, right? I did when I was on X on when I was on Sirius XM. Yeah. Okay. And, and, so and I just found y'all out. So. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad you're back. The if you've been listening the last two years, there have been there's one topic around health I've been talking about a lot. I've said the word over and over. I've worked on protocols for it. I've developed strategies to help make it better. Anything ringing a bell here? No, it's. It, not right offhand, no. It's been a while. Okay. Like I said, I just so, got back. I've been off. I've been off. So, I've been off work for six months at home. So okay. So let let me try another way. What is something in your life that would change quite a bit because you now own a business? And think of health issues. What 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 could owning a business at? There we go. Yes. I mean, this seems like a big giant red flag to me when you become an owner operator when you get into business your health deteriorates things don't go well then you go back to being an employee and it goes away that's a pretty big red flag okay not everybody's cut out to be in business now let's talk about a another possibility though and that is, I keep hearing the word sign another lease. Why would we even think that way? Well, I, I'm not going to, but I'm looking at for what the lease would be compared to what the rates is right now. Is there much going to be much difference? Is it going to be about the same price? Price for what? With the for the trucks like the trucks are so high right now compared well, to the, the leases, well, the leases are about the same okay so let's say they're the same and it's a hard comparison to make but let's say they're the same let's say you're going to pay about the same why would you lease Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I really don't know. I, I guess maybe because I'm thinking it's got warranties on it compared to buying a used one and don't have much warranty or less warranty than well, what a so, brand new so one let, is. But let, you're gonna, again, so. let's take a step back. Why is it that you can afford a newer truck with warranty on a lease, but you can't afford that if you go buy it yourself? Right now, um, I don't have the down payment, but that's well, why yeah, that's why but, I'm starting to put money. That's but, why I'm gonna put but, money back. But but that's that's a real clue. If you don't have money, that means you're not ready to start a business. That's the biggest problem with okay. leases. It's not that they're all horrible; most are, but not all of them. Some of them have some pretty decent terms on them I could live with. The problem is, though, why would I ever sign a lease? Why don't I just go buy my own truck? There's a, I can just go through a whole list of downsides to leasing, tons of them. And I, I can't think of many upsides. So when somebody says, what's well, the only way I can get into business? Well, that's a clue. That's a giant red flag that you're not ready to be in business. And if you are, it's, it makes 
10 times more sense just to go buy your own truck. Leasing is, is just, there's just not much good I can say about it. Honestly, I've been, I've been speaking out against these things for decades now. But here's, here might be the other thing that I was trying to get to. It's entirely possible that you could make a good business owner. Right now, it doesn't look like it because every time you go into business, you get sick and stressed and things go wrong. So, but maybe there's a reason. And I think we were just talking about the reason. You got into business and you weren't ready. You weren't ready financially. You weren't ready mentally. You weren't ready really in any way. And that is really, really stressful. When you try to run a business and you don't have any options, well, I have to lease. It's all I can afford. That's stressful alone. I, I, I really, 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 did I say really? Like to have options. I don't like to be stuck with one way of doing things. And if this doesn't work, well, you're out of luck. I mean, just the fact that you and I are talking here right now. I lost a 15-year contract. It was easy before. I used to just come in, push a button, Sirius did the rest of the work. I just talked. If I wouldn't have had plan B, if I wouldn't have had other options, if we wouldn't have taken the time years ago to build out some infrastructure, if we wouldn't have been, you know, really strict and stringent with our money when things were good, we might not be able to be on the air the way we are right now. And if this didn't work, guess what? I have plan C and plan D. And I have an idea of what plan E would be. That's one of the ways to, oh, being in business is stressful. A lot of things can go wrong. You can lose a lot of money. One of the ways to make it less stressful is to do it right so that you have options. So here's what I would recommend. How much you make roughly, if you want to share it, how much are you making right now as a company driver? Uh-oh, I think I lost him. Uh, it looks like I did. Well, um, here's what I would say. Don't give up on your idea just because you didn't succeed the first time or the second time or whatever it was and you got sick and you got stressed. You don't have to give up on it. It's still a possibility, but you need to learn how to do it right. Um, Because without, when you're not doing it right, it is really stressful. So one of the things that I'm looking at, a couple of years back, I can't remember the last year I did it, 2017, 2018, maybe I guess it's more than a couple now. One of the things that I did, we, the, the book that I wrote about becoming an owner-operator, stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. We turned that book into an online course. Now, you can go take that course right now, and I recommend you do. You can take it as a self-paced course. Uh, it's at Let's Truck University, which is learn.letstruck.com. And I have several courses there about getting into business. Honestly, right now, I'd recommend taking them all. In those courses, I recommend books to listen to on business. So take the courses, take the book recommendations, listen to the books. Take this time right now where it's not a good time to get into business 
and use it to get yourself prepared to go into business. And if you do it right, it's a lot less stressful. Clearly, there can still be a lot of stress to running a business, especially in the beginning. But I can almost say it never really gets much easier. You always have risk, no matter how big you get too. You know, I used to think, well, when you get to a certain point and you've got so much money, there's no risk. Well, there's always risk. There are all kinds of different risks in business. I know we make it the American dream. We talk about what a great thing it is. A lot of people would like to own their own business. Most people really shouldn't. And you see that. That's why we have such a high failure rate. I'm okay with that too. I mean, if you don't know whether you should or not, get prepared and give it a shot. My program, the book, the first chapter, and it's a long section actually, is all about trying to help you make up your mind about whether you are ready to do it or not. One of the things I'll go back to, I got off on a rabbit hole there was a couple of years ago, I actually took that course and the course exists right now. You can go take it on your own pace. You take it yourself, all the materials there. You can download things. There's audio files to listen to while you're driving. Um, it's all there. You can take it at your own pace. I used to do it as a class and I forget, I think we taught it over 13 weeks. So we would get together once a week on a video conference. I would present the material in that chapter. And then you'd have the ability to ask any questions you wanted. And I would actually give you some assignments for the week. And then we'd get back together the next week and we'd go over, answer questions, go through the material. We did it over a 13-week time period. And it was... uh, it was a success. People loved it. Now, it's a huge time commitment for me. And one of the reasons I stopped was because I really felt like we were in a market where it wasn't a good time to get started. And that was hard for me to say. I've said for almost three decades, the economy and the market don't have much to do with it. It's whether or not you're ready. This was the first time in all that time where I've said, no, the market matters this time. The market is too screwed up to get into business. Hey, I just realized I looked down. I had a bunch of calls I was going to get to. They're gone. Um, I've got plenty I could talk about today, but if you want to jump in, now is your chance. 855 950 Three, five, we have lines open. So I've said that this really is, this market is screwy enough that it's not a good time to get in. Truck prices are too high. Fuel prices are too high. The rates are really dropping pretty steadily. And it's hard to see when any of this is going to change. That's the problem right now. We do know that interest rates are going to go up. That's not a good thing. Uh, A lot of times your first year in business, you do need to um, 
to borrow money to get through that first year and borrowing money is going to get expensive. And right now it looks like everything's going to stay expensive for a while. But now would be the time to get prepared. It's actually a really, this could be a huge advantage if you're thinking about getting into business. Because if you can convince yourself, or I can convince you, that this is a lousy time, but it's a good time to get prepared. See, a lot of times when the market was really hot, and you find a truck and somebody says, yes, we'll finance you. You want to jump right into business because you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. And we saw a lot of that happening over the last decade. And unfortunately, when people get into business in a market like that, they don't really have a plan. They rushed in. They don't understand business. They're doing okay because rates were so good. Fuel prices were so low. It was hard not to do good. But they don't really know how to run a business. Well, now that urgency is gone. There, there's no big hurry right now. In fact, it's the opposite. You don't want to be in business right now. Too much is out of whack. Too much is out of balance. At some point, we'll reach the bottom. We don't always know when we're at the bottom but we have a pretty good idea. We're nowhere near there, by the way. We're not even close. That's really what we're waiting for. When you get to the bottom, then it can be time to look for those opportunities and get back into business. That's really what we're waiting for this time. So when we start to get closer to that place, when we start to get to where it looks like we are at the bottom, and things are going to start climbing back out, I will probably start doing those classes again. Right now, I don't want to do them because honestly, I don't want to encourage anybody to get into business. But I would recommend you go take the course. It's fairly inexpensive when you take it on your own. I don't remember the price when I do them, a couple hundred maybe, when I do the class itself. But this would be the ideal time to go take that course and start to get prepared. Like I said, there's lots of things in there that will help you get prepared. There's lots of book recommendations in there. So take this time and start getting ready. Start planning your business. Start taking actual steps towards getting into business. And then you can just wait till it's time to pull the trigger and you won't be in a hurry. It's a really, really good way of doing it. All right. I'm going to take some phone calls. I'm going to go to South Dakota. Jamie, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind today? Well, I bought a new truck. I bought a new Mac Anthem and uh, they didn't build it right. I ended up with a light front end and too much wheelbase. Is there anything a guy can do to to, uh, are there any products out there to help close that gap? Say that again. What, what, what's it? Tell me about the configuration. Uh, it's a 6x4, 233-inch wheelbase with a 12.5 front. So when I get the trailer where it would, would ride nice and aerodynamic, I'm, you know... 
Okay. Yeah. So, what uh, what make and models this truck? Uh, Mac Anthem. Hmm. And can we? Is there anything we can? I guess not. If the axle is just too light, and we try to get it closer. Um, what kind of trailer do you pull? Reaper. And have you measured the gap? How big's the gap? It's uh, 39 inches. Okay. Um, yeah, we're losing some fuel economy there. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure you have cab extenders already, correct? Yes. Um, air tabs? They're on order. Okay. I mean, that's the... That's the one simple, inexpensive product that actually helps and it does work. It's not a fix-all for, you know, really big gaps, but it definitely helps clean up that air a little bit. They're inexpensive. They usually pay for themselves pretty quick. Almost every other device I've seen hit the market, and I have watched a lot of them. Several companies over the years have contacted me about helping them market products for this. I've seen things that go on the tractor. I've seen things that go on the trailer. I've seen things that move. I've seen things that deploy at speeds. I, I've just never seen much of anything stick. You know, there's, I, and to know that, all you have to do is look around. I mean, you're looking at trucks every day. Do you see much that's really working in that gap? I guess I wasn't paying attention because on my old truck, it was, I was able to get it to a real Right, distance. right. Now, I, I, like I say, I wish there was more out there. There have been attempts, and I've actually seen, th- seen some things that I thought worked really well. But like I said, nothing seems to stick. It's actually easier to modify the trailer somewhat to help with that issue. Uh, one of the best devices that I remember actually mounted to the trailer and then extended forward in motion and almost closed up the gap completely. Um, the, the issue there we've talked about before, that might be a great product for owner operators who own their own trailer. That's a fairly small market. Fleets have a hard time with products like this because their cost triples because they usually have three to one tractor trailers to tractors. So if they're going to put an aerodynamic device on the trailer, it usually costs them three times more than putting it on their tractors just because they have three times more trailers. So we don't see as much being developed for trailers because it is a harder sell. And traditionally, fleets have not bought these products. And these are big, expensive products to try to design and engineer and and troubleshoot and get them right. And there just doesn't seem to be a big enough market out there for it yet. So, you know, I'd throw some air tabs on it, get it up as tight as you can, um, you know, without messing up your weights. And I know that's pretty challenging. And then I focus everywhere else that you might be able to make improvements for fuel mileage. I, I just, I'm not really sure any cost effective way of fixing this. Okay. We have time for one more. Sure, go ahead. So, I says brand new truck. I've got 2,000 miles on it now. Um, is it 
there a reason why the truck might be going through a lot of depth early on? Uh, how much? Have you tracked it by the mile? Um, no, I, I track more by the day on, on, on that. Um, I could get, with my old oval, I could get to L.A. and back to, to South Dakota on one tank of depth. Okay, I've got it. a tank and a half already, and okay. I'm not even to L.A. Okay. So, what was the year of the last truck? 16. Okay. Um, there are reasons we could consume more def. Usually, if if it's significant and, you know, you're talking about an amount that does seem significant. Now, we're comparing two totally different trucks. That's always challenging. There could be something else going on here. I don't have an answer for you other than to say I would keep watching this and asking or testing until I found an answer. Because usually if it's using more depth than it should be, it's, it, it's likely that it could be because the engine is burning dirtier than it should be. And that's something we would want to address pretty quickly before we start fouling up emissions. Great. Okay. Are you part of Trucking Tribe? I am. Yeah, reach out to Joel on there. You know... It, he he's so tied into Volvo Mac, that whole platform, that it's kind of like Mike Beckett with alignments. You know, he's usually the first one to know when something new shows up or there's this little problem that's just unique to this year, this spec, or just in case there's something I might be missing. I would reach out to, do you know how to tag somebody on the site? I can yeah, it's pretty simple. When you're putting in a post, you might, you know, explain what your question is. And then you type the at symbol. And when you type the at symbol, a list of names comes up. And if you start typing in Joel, and then you can even skip to, you know, M, and you'll see his name will come right up to the top. You just click on it. He'll get notified that, you know, somebody's asking him a question. So I would reach out to him. He may have some some other ideas for you. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas this time. Fred, welcome to the program. Morning, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, I had a question. I got a. I started going back local here about half a year ago and uh, doing some LTL work and uh, home every night, all that stuff. Uh, my, my biggest drawback is uh, driving in traffic and getting stressed out and, and all that. I was wondering if the Garmin watch that you have on the uh, on your website there, does that have any kind of like alert if your heart rate goes up so you kind of like self-trigger or anything like that. It's just, it's yeah, just there, difficult for me to kind of, kind of get wound up a little bit. So Yeah, you can set all kinds of alerts based on things like that. You, can, you don't have to. One of the things I like about this watch over a lot of other wearables, um, it's got a big enough screen that I can access almost all of the data I want to see right on my watch. Now, if I want to get a better look at it or get graphs or history, I can open the app and then I can really see a lot. But this is, is this is the watch by far, and I've tested dozens of wearables. 
This is the one that I like for that reason, that I can see a lot of what's happening right on the screen. I don't have to mess with the phone. So, and then you can set those alerts based on um, some of those parameters. One of the things I'll, okay. I'll tell you that okay. I've discovered, and I discovered it by wearing the watch and having a- access to that instant stress number, is I realized why our traditional approach or even our holistic approach to stress hasn't been working well for the last couple of years. And I've actually talked with other practitioners. Everybody struggles with this. They've been working with people and and getting them healthy. And all of a sudden, even the people they had worked with for years weren't as healthy as they were. They were starting to see new issues. And then people who came to them new seemed to be more difficult to help. We noticed that with our discovery calls and our one-on-ones. And we finally realized stress has changed. Stress in this country has gotten really to a point we've never seen before for a lot of reasons. The news, politics, COVID, you know, lockdowns, mandates, we could go on and on and on. It's been a stressful time. And what we've learned, why, you know, we all immediately started talking about things like meditation, mindfulness, taking walks, you know, out in nature and getting away from the stress. With all of those techniques are a way to get away from the stress. And that's what we all started helping people with. And it wasn't working that well. And I I was experiencing it with people I was working with. I was talking to other practitioners. They were experiencing it. So that's when I decided to just really try to learn everything I could about this and develop a protocol. And what I figured out was that getting away from the stress can only help so much. Part of, and the best analogy I have here is if you wanted to go run a marathon, um, you wouldn't avoid all exercise, would you? No, sir. And if we want to be able to deal with stress, the way to do it is not by avoiding all stress. We just get weaker. Just like if we don't go exercise, the longer we were to try to try that strategy of running a marathon by not doing any exercise, the longer we did it, the worse it would get, right? Right, right. Yes, sir. But that's what we keep doing with stress. We know it's there. And we think, okay, you know, I need to take a day off. I need to relax. I need to meditate. I need to go do something fun. And it feels better in the moment. But then what we noticed was immediately upon being introduced to that stress again, people fell apart and it's affecting their health. I had a caller earlier. Every time he gets into business, his health deteriorates. (laughs) That's stress. So what we figured out, just like if I want to run a marathon, I need to go run. I need to go make my body stronger. Now, when it comes time for the marathon, I may take the last couple of days off and get away from all of that, but but I can't do that forever. I can't do that as a strategy. So the same thing here, we had to develop ways to make your body stronger against stress. So the strategy really isn't to avoid it. The strategy is to improve our body's ability to handle it. And we had to go figure out how to do that because nobody ever really talked about that. There's a, a thing called eustress. And that's it's a type of stress that actually strengthens your body against stress. 
another term I've heard is hormetic stress. So what we do is we stress the body in a very specific way, and it's kind of like working out our stress muscle. So our stress muscles get stronger and stronger. Then we can take, we can still say, hey, you know what? I need a break. I'm going to go meditate today. I'm going to go hang out in the park. I'm going to get away from stress. That's fine, but it can't be your only strategy. You've got to do these things that build your stress muscle. And then, then you'll start to notice, wow, look, you know, I'm in this really stressful situation and yet it's not affecting me hardly at all. Just like, you know, if okay. I run three miles every day, pretty soon running three miles isn't that hard at all. So the, the four that I came up with, there are a lot of ways of doing this. The four that I came up with that were the easiest to do on the road for a driver and took the least amount of time. They are the Wim Hof breathing and cold exposure, cold showers or cold plunges. Those two are basically free. You can do those anytime you want. doesn't cost anything. Now, I will say sometimes it's hard to find a cold shower on the road, but it it can certainly be done. Um, Then the infrared sauna blanket is an excellent way. And again, I went with the sauna blanket because it's like a sleeping bag. You can take it in your truck with you. It runs off an inverter. Uh, I've tested it on you know, batteries and inverters and it works. That's a, a, and that has other benefits, detox, all kinds of things. And then a, a short duration, high intensity workout. And when I say short duration, I mean, 10 minutes, three or four times a week. That's it. Not an hour and a okay. half on a treadmill. And I really prefer uh, resistance training over cardio training. So you could do high-intensity wind sprints, and it would help. But I think there are far more benefits to high-intensity resistance training. That's why we partnered with X3 for the X3 bar, because, again, you can carry that in the truck. You can do your 10-minute workout easy. So with those four things, what we're finding is when people do those consistently. I'll look into that infrared sauna then and the... uh Yep. And the X3 bar also, see if that'll... Yeah, and then since you have the watch... Maybe work on me a little bit too. Yeah, since you have the watch, you'll be able to track all this yourself. You'll be able to watch your body battery. You'll see days where you start at 100 right now, and you're down down to 5 by the end of the day. Well, that tells me, one, you've had a very stressful day, and two, you're not really ready to handle that much stress. We shouldn't end every day with our body battery at zero. Once in a while, maybe it just lets you know you really worked hard today. But most of the time, I'd like to finish the day above half. I'd like to be over 50. And when I was doing this stress protocol, I was getting to that point. Now, I let it all slide while I was on the road, so I have to get back into it myself. But it, it really works. And, and like I said, you'll be able to measure it and watch it right on the watch. I think I lost that call. All right. Well, I'm going to take another one. We're going to go to North Carolina. I'm not sure what keeps happening to the calls when I'm talking to them. That's a couple we lost today. That's unusual. Um, Joe. I hope you don't draw me, Kevin. Well, we'll try. We'll try not to. But if we do, if we do call back, we still have a little time. What's on your mind today? First, I got to thank you, business coach, because whether or not you know it, for the eight years that I've been in trucking, going on eight years now, I've listened to you 
and followed some of your advice, took your owner operator course and, um, you know, kind of fine tuned my business and have had the opportunity to run it during downtimes. Now, my first mistake was leasing the truck when I got into trucking. Uh, but I flipped that to a lease purchase and, and last year I was up to five trucks, three of which were paid for. Excellent. Um, unloaded some of those trucks. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked for me. The lease purchased it. And yeah, you, you look at my numbers when I had a, when I had, had my second truck in operation for like a year and, you know, lease purchase. And you told me, you said this is an exception, but you know, keep doing what you're doing. So, but last year I sold off three trucks because the crazy pricing that's out there, right? Um, down Good to for you. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, $210,000 across uh, a 17 <laughs> with 800000 uh an 18 and, you know, and two 18s. So, but, so yeah. I'm going to get to my question in a minute. So what that leaves me with today is I, I still have a truck um, and an amazing driver leased on to this carrier that I have access to trucks. So I ordered a new truck to come in this year that I'm going to put this kid into. Amazing young man. I mean, just a rock star trucker uh, and wants to stay there So um, to maintain that connection. So his current 2020 truck um, will be paid for in a few more weeks. And I've got a 2018 uh, sitting in front of my house right now that's been paid for for a while. I've kind of been part-time driving it since um, COVID and the election. I, I went off the road once the election happened, followed by COVID. I, I Okay. But I'm trying to decide whether or not to sell this 18 on my driveway before the prices dip, okay? Uh, because what I want to do is I don't want to leave the state anymore. And I've learned that there is excellent um, oversized and overdimensional freight out of the ports of North Carolina that never leave the state from Wilmington to, you know, Charlotte or Fayetteville. Um, I, there's money to be made there. I recently bought a um, low boy skeptic trailer that a cousin of mine used for many years to haul heavy military equipment, oversized stuff, uh, through Landstar. So I'm about to restore, refurb that trailer. And it's like, do I, do I sell this, this red one and put the, the, uh, the 18 and, and put, you know, another hundred thousand dollars in the bank before price, truck prices dip, um, use my, use my 2020, um, to, to do this local work and keep the second truck in prime. So yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether or not to scale down to I, two trucks. Um, I, I guess from three. Yeah, I, I think you've already kind of figured out the answer for yourself. You're just looking for a little verification. I, I think you've got this right. I, I you're, yeah. you're not in a hurry. You don't need this truck today to make revenue week after week after week. You've put yourself in a good financial position so that this is what I've been talking about for years. There are going to be opportunities. You've already taken advantage of them. You sold equipment at prices yeah. that we've never seen before. Just crazy stuff. And you have the opportunity yeah. to sell one more. You, you've got a truck to go yeah. do this stuff when you want. But then ultimately... You could also, I would think in six months from now, there are going to be some killer deals on the market. At any point when those prices right. come back down, you could go find the perfect truck for what you're doing and probably get it at a really, right. really good price. Hmm. Yeah, this is what I needed to hear. The thing I've been struggling with, Kevin, with that truck, it's like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I know a gentleman with a dealership that bought two of the other three that if I text in right now, it would probably come up there tomorrow from Florida uh, to buy it. But it's like, well, if I keep this asset, that asset could potentially make me, you know, $100,000 in the next year. Uh, if I go through the headache of finding another driver and, and you know, so, dealing with all of that, all of that crap. But so, you know, what I want to do is, is retire to the state of North Carolina. And I think I can do that with, with you know, once I get the trailer, um, it's going to take some work. I have a goal of getting it on the road by August because the deck's got to be ripped. 
going to blast it, coat it, you know, replace, you know basically restore it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, so absolutely. You, you've put yourself. Now, here's the other thing I like about decisions like this. And this is what I mean by mm-hmm. giving yourself options. When you give yourself right. so many options like you have, then even when you mm-hmm. have big decisions to make, there's almost no wrong answer. That's what I like. Right. You could do either. We yeah. could flip a coin right now. You know, you and I could play tic-tac-toe to see, what, because either decision, you're going to be fine. Now, let's right. compare right. that to the caller earlier who gets into business, gets sick. We know that's a big big red flag it's not handling the stress well right he exactly. isn't to the point yet where he had any options if he wanted to get back into business he would have to sign a lease that that's right you could make huge mistakes at that point i talked about this the other day well most people you, do exactly people do, Kevin. I mean, right yeah yeah but once you get yeah, to the I, I, point I, where you've been making good decisions, you've been doing the right thing, you sacrifice to put money aside, you pay attention to what the market's doing, you end up in a place where even if we make mistakes, the results aren't catastrophic. Right, right, exactly. We can correct uh, and, and learn from those mistakes. Another exactly. thing that I got from right. you because I was hard-headed, you know, before before you hammered that into me. So thank you for that, business coach. I I, um, I appreciate. It. Yeah, I think I'm going to sell it because my heart's not in getting in and driving it. That's what I've been doing recently. Is I went from North Carolina down to Florida because it's crazy. Reefer rates out of Florida, even for contract rates, have been. Yeah, acceptable. I've avoided Florida for years, but this truck, I've been going out for, you know, five to seven days, but, you know, go from here to Miami and bounce around in Florida, South Georgia, and come back home. But even that, I'm kind of, um, I think I'm over that for now. I need to get my equipment moved, get some equipment ready, and, and, and transition into into the next adventure, which will be flat bedding <laughs> for equipment for short haul. Short there you haul. go. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I th- so. these are the calls I love. You know, I, I, I want right. to help everybody. And I get frustrated when somebody's in a position where I can't really help them other than say, you have to improve the position you're in. You know, it, it's right. What, yeah. Well, and, uh, but I don't know yeah, what else to do when somebody's earlier. in that position. Well, I was thinking about your caller earlier, and I was like, wow, if I, was on the, I mean, I'm listening to this, too, and this is somebody that, you know, like I said, lease a truck, lease purchase, have company drivers with a mega carrier, you know, kind of understand the lingo and everything, and I'm thinking to myself, I was going to tell this guy, he has no business trying to lease her. Why do you want to run a business? You know, I mean, you really have no business doing that. Clearly, you know, all signs from the universe are pointing towards you having a business in trucking is a bad idea for your health. And what's more important than our health? I mean, you know. Right. And, and again, that's, I always that's, that's our, I always want to look at most people shouldn't be in business, but I yep. why not try it? He has. We found some signs that didn't work well. But even then, I, I can look and say, well, it's clear why your business was so stressful. You had in a lease purchase, yeah. you have almost zero control. And I will tell you, nothing stresses me out more than not having personal control over something. If, if any right, part of right, my right. life is now controlled by outside forces other than myself, that is outrageously mm-hmm. stressful for me. 
I think that's probably yeah. stressful yeah. for most people. They don't they don't understand how often they put themselves in those positions by not making, you know, the right financial decisions or the right business decisions. When you get to that place where there's not much in your control. You know, what do you do with the lease purchase when right. the the truck you've got ends up in the shop every other week? You know, what, right. Well, uh, if you win the if you win the good carrier, you might get you know enough money to cover your hotel bills. Um, right. You know, through, through right. If you lease the brand new truck, okay. Right. You know that that's that's what you're going to get. But I was just thinking, it's interesting you say that because I, I I took myself back to seven years ago when I would come home for a week and that lease truck sat in the same spot my pay for truck is sitting now, right? And the whole week that I was home and I'd run for eight nine weeks at a time before I took a week off. I'm thinking to myself that truck is costing me fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> just with there. all of with tags, right? Payment tags, everything else to sit there, $1,500, which means when I go back out the following week, I've got to bust my ass and, and what, do it again. Uh, it takes a dedicated kind of person. And, and a, a company drivers are a beautiful thing. If you have a good, loyal, you know, good quality driver, it's just, yeah, some people don't need to be in business. Probably only 20% of the population needs to be in business. It has enough sense or wherewithal to be in business, I think. Yeah, and, and is willing to, you know, and even those, I mean, I know I struggled a lot my first five years in business. I mean, struggles that were stressful and mistakes that could have put me out of business. I was close a couple times. And it was a lot oh, of sure, stress. Sure. I've experienced that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I was, I, I was young. I had enough energy. I had more energy than I had brains. I had more energy than I had money. And I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to give up. I was told right. several times. At one point, I was told... You are exactly why they created bankruptcy laws. You need to just bail and start over. You know, go get wow. a job somewhere because you're not going to make it out of this. And I, now I looked at that and said, well, of course he's telling me that. He's a bankruptcy attorney. That's how he makes money if I file bankruptcy. So I thought, why would I voluntarily give up and quit I'm going to keep doing this until somebody shows up at my door and takes this stuff away from me. All right. Exactly. And, and that's what I did. I'm exactly. not, I'm not stopping. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've already created the mess. I'm already so deep in right. debt. You know, if I file bankruptcy now, or I try for two or three or four more months and I file a slightly bigger bankruptcy, is it really going to matter? But if I quit now, if I, if I say, yeah, I, I believe these guys, I'm just going to throw in the towel, I would have wondered the rest of my life if I could have saved that. And I did save yeah. it. Took me about four years to dig right. out of that hole. But I tell you, I, and wow. you know this because you mentioned it, I learned more during that time than I've learned in the entire 30 years I've been in business. Right, the failures. If you yes. can learn from them, a lot of people can't. But if you can, yeah. if you can handle, I mean, and you know what else I learned from you? Ready, shoot, aim. <laughs> yeah. I just needed confirmation to shoot this morning to sell this truck. So thank you for that. But I got a question for you. Back during those stressful times, how was your health? What were you doing for diet back then, and how 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 were you feeling physically? Oh, awful, awful. And I'm talking about right. some of the stress started in my twenties. I bought my first truck okay. when I was twenty-two. Um, I had 11 trucks, the brokerage and a service truck that we had put together. I bought a, a panel van and 
put you know oil change equipment in it and truck wash equipment so i could run around and because my trucks we tried to keep them busy keep them on the road they were scattered all over the place it was a horrible business model i just had trucks running everywhere i was working like 20 hours a day trying to keep up with it all i had this service truck at 11 trucks we were brokering freight and i was going broke and i was working 20 hours a day it's when i was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in my 20s and i'm sure that was all stress related and my diet was slightly better than the standard american diet only because i liked to cook a lot it wasn't that i was eating a really good clean diet but it at least helped that I didn't eat out a lot. I didn't eat a lot of prepackaged food. I made most of my food from scratch. But I was still, I was gaining weight. I was, you know, suffering all kinds of joint pain and digestive issues. And, you know, it, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a little young to feel like you were falling apart physically. And that's why I say at 58, I now feel better than I did at 28 in a lot of ways. Right, right. Well, that's good. That's good. You've come a long way, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, you have. And, and I mean, I, yeah, you're one of my, my business heroes. Like, like I said, I, when I when I tell people an idea or something that I'm doing, I was like, I get this from my business coach. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, there's been uh, years of uh, music coaching there. Yeah. And I've said many, many times, there is very, very little that I do or talk about or teach that's actually an original thought that came from my head. I mean, I might be able to reach in and find a couple things I've developed over the years, but for the most part, I got it all from somebody else, from a book, from a seminar. Right, from, you taking the yeah, time. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't smart enough. Go to seminars and study these concepts and, 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 and identify, you know, some, you know, some very core things that, that if people follow them, um, like the business decision with, you know, ready, shoot, aim, um, you know, if, if you follow those things, it's good. So, yeah, thank you for spreading these um, these ideas of other other great minded people because it, it helps. My, I know my nutrition's improved from from listening to you, and and you know I shop the outside perimeter at least and don't do a lot of processed stuff. There you I go. Done keto, yeah. tried car- carnivore, and you know fasting and stuff. Yeah, so it's it's been I, I've enjoyed the journey so far. So excellent, great but, stuff. Uh, hey, this year it's going to be flat bedding. Oversized flat bedding. So I might be calling in for some technical questions with that Australian. Is he Australian? The guy that calls in that does all the flat bedding. Uh, <laughs> oh, new, he's a he's a Kiwi. New Zealand. Kiwi? Oh, New Zealand. Okay. Don't they call them Kiwis? I think they do. I don't know. I I, I don't know. You know what? That's asking next time you talk to him. Yeah, if they do, it's probably no longer politically correct, but who knows? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Screw that PC. Yeah, there you go. All right, Joe. Hey, great stuff. Thanks for calling. Um, those are the kind of stories I, I, I look forward to when times get tough. I love the fact that there are people out there, they were doing the right things. And you know what I hear different? I swear I can hear this. In the first caller earlier, and I'm glad he called and I'm glad we have a plan for him. It's almost like I could hear the stress. In this call, it's the exact opposite. You hear that kind of mellow, easygoing yeah, I could do this or I could do that. I'm really hoping a lot of people have done the right things leading up to this, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I'm going to grab one more call here. We're going to go to California. Juan, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? All right, Kevin, so I got a, it's a basically it's an investment question, but it's more of a, uh, a decision question. I needed to help with 
So uh, my wife and I, uh, we've gotten ourselves thankfully in a pretty good place financially. Yeah. We got about a uh, about a forty thousand dollars surplus in our budget annually, and we got about fifty five grand in the bank, <clears throat> and uh, we're both pretty healthy. Uh, we're in forty six and forty eight. However, we're not homeowners yet, uh, nor am I invested in the market. Uh, currently, we live in California, and uh, we thought about relocating, but we got granddaughters there, and our kids are basically growing and living out there. But I was looking. At the savings, if I were to buy out of state, say Texas and Tennessee somewhere else, uh, when it comes to uh, owning a home, the difference of about $300,000 with interest over 30 years. If I took that money and invested it in the market, and just say the S&P 500, we can talk about, with uh, just a, a conservative 8% rate, in that 30-year term, we're talking you know, $2 million uh, if I were to get a property that was lower cost, at least half the price of what I could get in California. The question is, is that reason enough to move uh, out of the state of California? Um, we only got, it, you know, 20 to 30 years reasonably yeah, it can absolutely be. Well, it is a reason. Let's just say that. That is a reason. We would put that in the left-hand column of why we would move out of California. And that's a big one. And I'm so glad that you did all those numbers. Most people don't even think that not only does the initial purchase of the house cost me more because of the market here, that means I have to borrow more money, which means my total cost of ownership goes way up, like you said, $300,000. And property taxes are usually higher. Maintenance on properties in markets like that is always higher. So you were looking at the big picture, which is awesome. So that is the number one reason to put in the left-hand column. Now, you could go through other reasons. And and I would do this. I would keep filling in that left-hand column. What are the other reasons it makes sense for us to move out of California? Then you have to start working on the right-hand column. And we know we have a big one there, grandkids. We want to see them. We want to spend time with them. So now, now, but we, if we have all of these facts, is there a place where we could buy a property that would see, save us significant amounts of money, but if we plan properly, would still allow us to spend a lot of time with grandkids? Yeah, just try to find a balance. I get you. Yeah, and one uh, of the ways yeah, that, uh, that it helps is, is this two-column thing. You know, get everything down in these two columns you possibly can, and then things start to present themselves. You start to see some new ideas, new ways you could do this. But clearly, you're you're good at this. You've already got a great start. I appreciate it. Uh, one more quick question, if you have time. Sure, go ahead. So, uh, I just finished up a book. It's called The Psychology of Monday, and we uh, the author is Morgan Howell. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but... In it, it it's, uh, it's about different types of investment strategies, and uh, he finalizes the book on his personal strategy. And he, like you, believes in index funds and basically, uh, you know, managing expenses and investing over long term, basically. So, uh, one of the great things about a very good book is that most of the time will compel you to act, right? Yes. And this book definitely has me on the edge, right? I really want to start like immediately, but there's still that psychological component. It's just, uh, it's just the fact that you're going to start dumping money into a market 
they're kind of volatile right now. I know maybe I should wait a little bit to see what happens. Uh, but the, my question is, how do you get past the emotional part of investing now for a future benefit when in the short term I might not see the gains? Yeah, you won't see the gains. And in a volatile time like this, it's not unusual to see losses. No matter how much we pay attention, no matter how much we study, um, one of the things I'm telling people right now is don't make any investments right now. Put as much money as you can into into cash. Um, Remember, you know, I was talking about the 80s when we had 15% mortgages. We also had 10% CDs certificates of deposit that is a guaranteed 10 percent return with no chance of loss period none we may get back to that place again so you know this this cash that i'm sitting on and we converted some things to cash and we're watching the markets and and we'll have lots of opportunities do i think the s p 500 may make a short-term run do I think real estate may hit the bottom and I can put cash back into real estate? But then there's another option. If CDs hit 10% again, yeah. oh, you can damn well bet I'm going to have a bunch of money in CDs. That, that's, it, it's happened once yeah. in my lifetime that you could get a return like that with no risk. And, if it, 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 and we're looking like we might be in a situation for it to happen again. If it does, I'm not going to miss out on it this time. Sure. All right, that, that, that helps me quite a bit. I appreciate it. So I'm going to just hold off for now and just kind of pay attention to what happens in the next few months. And then uh, I'm sure I'll call you back and go from there. <laughs> Excellent. I'll look forward to it. All right. All right, Kevin. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right, we're going to wrap it up today. It's uh, kind of a quick day. We will be back tomorrow with the Power Hour, Wednesday with Destination Health, Thursday with Rolling Toe. Friday, we'll try another version of uh, another episode of Trucking Technology and Efficiency. I may throw in a book review this week and uh, another episode of The Pit. We will see. That's what I've got in the works right now. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford.